This is Dan Gore. Welcome to the Icons Podcast. For more than 30 years, I've been involved in the art of female impersonations and celebrity impersonations. I've worked with some of the most amazing performers in our history. I've traveled around the world, producing and directing shows for corporate events, casting for TV and movies. But most impressive of all is getting to know some of the most amazing people ever to grace our industry. Best known to many as the art of drag. I've worked with and become friends with some of history's finest that have paved the way for many of today's current and upcoming performers. This is our chance to learn more about our drag history. This is Icons, Incredible Creations on Stage podcast. Hello there, this is Dan Gore with Icons Podcast. Welcome back. This week, I'm very, very excited to welcome a legend to this episode all the way from Portland, Oregon. I have been to his shows before. He has a wonderful show place in Portland, and he is truly a legend in our industry. I'd like you all to meet the legend, Darcel15. Hello, Darcel. How are you? Hello, I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for joining Good. us this week. So I want it's my I, pleasure. I know, I know that uh, uh, before we get started, I just I want to find out before we start with you know where you grew up at. I do believe from my historical side that your show place has to be one of the longest running show bars. I mean, uh, yes, female impersonators in the yes. country because a lot of the others have closed, like Pinocchio and Queen Mary. How long have you been, has that place been 53 going? Fifty-three years, and that's Darcel Fifteen Show Place in Portland. So we're gonna get back. Back to that, but I know that it, it definitely is currently has to be the longest running uh, show place here featuring it's not really a gay bar. So I, I truly treat it as a show place. So it's everybody. Awesome. So Darcel, are you a native uh, Oregonian? Or? Yes, I was born in, born in Portland. Uh, I grew up in Linton. It's a little suburb of Portland, a small little mill town. And uh, can you I, tell us what year that you was, were born? Oh, 1930. <laughs> I, i'll be 90 in uh, in september uh, november i sure hope you're playing a big party parties are out of the question now <laughs> we're under this all these rules but we'll try yes that, that's definitely you definitely earned that so when you grew up did you have any idea what were your what were your inspirations you know what did you were you aspiring to be at that time back then who knew my father was working at the sawmills for a dollar a day and uh and we just were or, you know, and just like everybody else in Linton, and there were, there were four sawmills. They're gone now, of course. I went to work for Fred Meyer here at Darsha in Portland, and then I, uh, after I got out of high school, I got out of high school, and in those days, if you didn't have the money to go to college, you got married, and I so I married my sweetheart from high school. I no sooner got married in May. By September, I was drafted, and I was in uh, San Luis Obispo. I went for two uh, two years, three years away, and came back. Went back to Fred Meyer, and then I said, "No, I'm not going to work for an, someone anymore. I'm going to work on my own." So I opened Portland's first coffee house, uh, <laughs> and I had the only uh, espresso machine north of San Francisco at the time. It was in the late 50s. So before the coffee house, had you seen any female impersonators or drag queens? Had that even entered your mind yet? No, not yet. Oh, no, no, I didn't. Uh, uh, no, we had jazz, jazz musicians and, and that sort of thing. No, I, I, I hadn't seen it. I didn't even know that we didn't have the television. So we didn't have movies. And no, I'd never seen a drag queen. So you had this coffee I, house that you opened in Portland. What was it? Uh, then I uh, Cafe Espresso. Nice. And then I opened it after hours jazz club. And then I opened an ice cream parlor. <laughs> Awesome. And a flower shop. 
But they were all taken by Urban Renewal, what came in and wiped everything out. They they took over and tore those buildings down that I was in. But every time they did, I got $5,000, and that's a lot of ice cream. That's a lot of coffee <laughs> at 50 cents a cup. So I bought the, a bar in Skid Row, and that was in 67. By that time, I left my family, and you know, I, I, I was going to be myself and not lie about who I was. So I left her for the family and I, all the gay people, there's a, there's a main road in Portland, uh, Southwest and Northwest. I was in Northwest. Southwest, all of my gay friends in Southwest wouldn't come across Burnside because it was indeed Skid Row. Wow. And so I hired a bartender, a lesbian bar tender, and we had a lesbian bar <laughs> for about two Three years, they kept me open. And then when I was 37 years old, I put on my first dress to entertain the lesbians because they were always fighting. So we thought it would be <laughs> calm them down a little. <laughs> but they're not like the, the our friend lesbians now. These these, these were, the, we had to take all the pictures, beer pictures, and turn them into, and get plastic ones. And all the ashtrays were in uh, <laughs> tuna fish cans because they didn't make a mark on a person when they throw it across the room. Oh, my gosh. So, Back then, they had a lot to be angry about. <laughs> Yeah, they they did. I didn't. I that's how I learned how to boot uh, people out. So the drag but, thing. So you put on a dress. So still by that time you end up putting a putting on a dress to entertain the, these ladies. Had you seen any drag queens prior to that? We went to Pinocchio's. My I also met an entertainer that danced in Vegas, a, a boy dancer, and then he was working in a nightclub here in Portland with a review, a dance review, and uh, we met. And he's the one that said, well, let's go to Finocchio. So we went down to California. And what, and what year was that that you went to Finocchio? 70, about 71. I uh, put a dress. He decided let's do female impersonator because there wasn't anything around. In those days, you didn't go on drag on the streets. Uh, you, you didn't. You, you stayed cloistered in your bar and uh, closeted in the bar. And uh, we did everything in the club. We built a little stage. We had our first stage was a four by eight banquet table with a home stereo system and with re and uh, with uh, vinyl. Oh my God! And you know, every time you every put the vinyl on, <laughs> you put the needle on it. It took all this scratching <laughs> and until it got to the song. <laughs> and uh, and I learned my craft there. I emceed it and and kept the audience going, kept the show going. So it started with Tina Sandell, who was a, already a drag queen at another club, and my partner Roxy. And it, he he took he did drag also then, and we put it together. I made I made all the wardrobe, but we had no in those days you didn't dare go in a in this Macy's or any of the department store and say uh, where are the lady dresses. Sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> so when you it didn't when, work <laughs> when you went to Finocchio, you know, in '71, let's say, was there anyone there that that inspired you? That oh, I, I like that person. I I wonder if I could do something like that. Was there any particular character that was performing there that you remember? Actually, actually, uh, no. I, we hadn't decided to do it yet. We did have uh, uh, the place that Roxy wor worked was at Sohoit Hotel and a big review. And Gracie Hansen was the madam or the MC, and she had you know the feathers and the rhinestones and and uh, the updos and all the things. And I just sat around and watched her a few nights and 
said, oh, that's going to be it. Wow. So, you know, is that, so this is that you're saying at Roxy's Hotel. Is this a real woman, like a burlesque show, or is this a... Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. She was, she was a real woman, Gracie Hansen. Yeah, no, no, they didn't have any drag in that. So it was all women and male dancers. Roxy said, let's go. He got me dressed up and my first time. And we went to a party at the at the hotel in drag. And I look, walked by a, room, a mirror on the wall. And I said, what the hell have you done? <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. It also took him two hours to make me up. Well, since then, now, you know, I've done a, a few years that had about 10 minutes or 20 minutes, and I'm ready to go, makeup and all. So you gotcha. It goes very quickly now. And so when... Oh, yeah. When, when did... Uh, so we, we have you entertaining the the ladies that with Roxy and with uh, the other individual. When does it start to expand? Are you doing that for a few years, and then the, oh, the, the gay boys uh, start to come, or the regular audience start to uh, come? That's what happened. Yes, the gay boys started to come, but also freelance where a writer came in and wrote in the Willamette Week a, a giveaway, a free paper, the, the best kept secret in Portland, a Darcel show, you know, and the doors opened to that public then started coming in. What did you call the place from the beginning? Was it always, it was always Darcel's, I assume? No, no, it was, it was, it was a, a tavern, Demas tavern a, a greek family owned it so i kept that name until till uh well when we started doing the drag shows i changed the name to darcel and so now it's darcel female impersonators and and we call it the darcel uh show place i'd, I'd love to hear about because i know you you were I, I believe at one point pretty pretty involved if not still anymore the court system Oh, the court Yes. Uh, so when did, uh, when did that I start? That's, that's and, something for people that don't know something about that. This is, I think it's it's an international well, system, or is it just national? Now it is. Then it was uh, just San Francisco, uh, Portland, Vancouver, BC. Okay, so this is a group of female, uh, female impersonators that raise money. Who, it's charity that raised money. Oh, for, correct. Big, during the AIDS crisis and all of the the problems, and we just we raise money for everything. Boys' schools and every, everything, a lot of work. And I was involved really heavy with that. So I ran for Empress. When did you find out about the court system? Had you met other entertainers that were part of it? Oh, in 71. Uh, and then when did you run? Uh, in 73. And did you win right away? No, I didn't win the first time. So it was later the next year I, I won. And once you win, win Empress, what is what is your duties once you win the Empress of that particular region? Make sure the fundraisers were working and make sure that, that we had committees doing all of that. And then travel to these other three cities at their coronation. Mostly just PR work for the community. And it opened eyes and opened doors because we were invited to almost every, every national charity fundraiser. And so we went to those and opened up Portland's doors. And never a problem with any of the, federal or the police or any elected officials. Everybody treated us really nice. In fact, about a week ago, a mayor that was retired came in and he said, you know, if you're if when you're mayor of Portland, you're not really a mayor to have your picture taken with you. <laughs> I said, thank you very much. So when you won, when you became Darcel, that's where the Darcel 15 legend comes from, right? The 15. Yes, that's the 15. That was the 15th Empress. 15th Empress of that particular region. So and then how yeah. long how long is your reign for just a year or is it for one year. one year? One year. And your you have the title forever. And you're part of the it's a nonprofit now. And uh, so you're part of the 
board of directors or whatever. When you when you changed the the name of the bar, the tavern to Darcells, um, at what point did, did the show start to change? Did the stage start to build out? Um, well, we built those? by then. We yes, by then we we uh, put on a, a real stage and uh, lighting. And we went from vinyl to, to tape. <laughs> cassettes. <laughs> and from tape to cassettes. Or from, from real to real to cassettes, maybe, yes? Is that how yeah. What were, besides the three of you, can you remember some of the, the entertainers that started to join you in the show place? Oh, uh, Laurel Andrews. We had one boy in the show, Mr. Mitchell. He's still with me. He's been with me for 35 years. Most everybody hangs around and stays. It's just fun. It's wonderful. I've been off work for about two months. But anyway, that's why I'm back. The whole sh the show went on. The show goes on. <laughs> when you were there, how often did you travel to see other shows? Because I know as producers, we get being stuck in our own show. So did you ever venture out after Darcel started rolling to see other shows? Did you ever go to Vegas? Well, when, we, when it started getting popular, then other bars, some of the gay bars started a drag show. So we, we went and supported, we supported them and we went on our coronations to the other cities and did our outdoor out, out, out of the club charity work, right? To big functions at the Holy Hotel and all of We were accepted everywhere. Tell me where Darcells is located exactly for people that might visit there. We're, we're at 208 Northwest Third, Portland, Oregon, on the corner of Davis and Third Avenue, Northwest Third Avenue. So when you, for that particular site, when you, when it was the tavern, uh, were you just leasing it or did you purchase the building? How oh, that's not, I, I, no, no, I just lease. I still, I still lease it, but I've been with them for 53 years. And when I, partner, when I visited there, it was two story. It was, they had a huge basement. Is that still there? Filled yeah, with, the co filled with costumes. <laughs> what did you do? You got down in the basement? Gypsy worked for me for many years and we went down to your dressing room and you did a little uh, retirement video for Gypsy. That's how I saw the basement. And that's when I first met you. But I always... saw Gypsy for the first time in, in New York and she was uh, always wore a hat, never a wig yep. and no. danced on the bar. <laughs> I'd love to hear some of the stories about Darcel. So when did the show really start rolling as a production? Was it, was it? Oh, we had a, we, yes, uh, we put it, that's what, and my, Roxy was a choreographer. So he put together production numbers after about a year and a half. We, we've started doing production numbers. Our cast now is eight people, and we had about six then back then. We started with three of us, and we added three more. Besides the Dancer Boy, are any of those, I, I believe Roxy moved on, right? Oh, yeah, he, he passed away in the 17. Sorry to hear that. I heard that through our small community, so I'm sorry to hear that. So yeah. besides, there, you said you mentioned this Dancer Boy. Uh, was it Mitchell you said? Yeah, he, Mitchell. He's, he's still with you now? He's still around? Yes. Is yes. there anyone else that worked for you that's still around? One of our door people is still there. Michael's still there, but he wasn't from the very beginning because we didn't have a we didn't have a cover charge for quite a while. We started paying decent wages to the show people, and so we added a cover charge. So we've been very very popular, and people from all over the world were coming in and visiting Portland. I don't know why how it became a destination city, but now of course it's like everywhere else. It's a disaster. We're sticking staying in there and and everything.
everybody works hard. We're going to keep our show open. Absolutely. As, as we all should just, just go forward and, uh, this yeah. two will, this two mm-hmm. will pass. So tell me about, yeah. tell me about, uh, your character, Darcel. It was that something that your, your, your standup and your wit, was that something that you just kind of acquired or did you watch anyone to kind of gain a certain type no, of style? No, I, well, only my, only Gracie Hansen at the Hoyt hotel, uh, was kind of the one I really followed what she did. But I uh, I learned my craft up there. I made all the costumes. I have about 1,500 gowns. Uh, you saw a lot of them when you were there. Yeah, I mean, it's just like a warehouse. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I make them for the cast. Uh, only the production numbers, they they do the other their own everyday, you know, their numbers. And they pick that and they wear what they, they, they make them or however they buy them or something. I'm, I've never bought a costume. I made them always. Yeah, because a boy, it's hard to buy stuff off the rack when you're a boy. Right? Yeah, yeah, and and uh, you know our 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 sizes change. And... Sure, sure. Now, when I saw you, and I, tell me when did this start? When I saw you, your rear end was hanging out in the show. So does that still happen today? And if so, when did that start happening? When did you start showing your just rear end? Hanging out. It was part of the show. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. It was part of the show. Rhinestone rear... cowboy. So when did Glenn that Campbell's start? Campbell's Rhinestone. Rhinestone cowboy and with no back in the in the shafts. <laughs> so that's and, like your signature number, right? Because it was yes, I do. I I don't think I've missed since I started. I don't think I missed it because people bring friends in to say, "Are you still doing?" They say, whispers. Say, "Are you still doing that rhinestone cowboy thing?" They say, "Yes." Go, oh, good. And they don't tell their friends until <laughs> that. No, I. I. That's my. Uh, that's my trademark. As so, it should be. So yeah. and it, it's still pretty good looking too. I, I'm only 89. <laughs> I'm only 89. It's still, it's still, it's still there. I, mean, I don't have to tuck it up or anything. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a there's a rhinestone cowboy number that Darcel is involved in, and and you don't you only see his front side for a part of the number, but when he turns around, you'll never forget it. And that's uh, his bare ass. Yeah, all yeah. There for yeah. Oh, I, I should have said yeah. I walk out until. And then I uh, then I uh, turn around halfway through the song. What are some of the people that that started in Portland? Like a good friend of ours, and that's how I knew found out about you, LaWanda Jackson. What are some of the other performers? That- oh my God, I love I love him. He's had such a terrible time, like you know, the last few years. I love him. He loves me. I gave him his name. And, and what year and, was that? Did he come into the show bar and LaWanda says, I want a job? Or was he just a gay boy? At no, the time? no, he didn't work. He, he guest stopped, but he didn't work at our place because he did, he did a lot of, a lot of traveling. And, uh, so he didn't want to be tied down to one place, but when he, w- he would get in town, he'd do a spot. Yeah. I'm not, I've seen him not as long ago. He was still looking good. You know, you asked me years. Uh, I barely know yesterday, <laughs> but <laughs> he was working at a, uh, he was working when I first saw him, he was working at an underage show bar. Uh, so he was under 21 when I met him. So I don't know what he is now, but it was under, <laughs> he was under 21. See, I, think, yeah, I, think he's, I think he's of legal age now. I, I hope so. Yeah. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> but he also, he also uh, uh, I gave him his name, Kentucky Fried Chicken. That's what he was passing out at that time. <laughs> he passed you out of a bucket. You know, and those recall, were wonderful do you, days. Do you recall of anyone else that's that performed there that 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 went on to perform other places that made a bigger name for themselves? Uh, anyone else that you?
you kind of gave a start to that was in Darcel's show and moved on to Vegas oh, or New York or anything? Oh yeah, there's there's yeah, quite a few that went to Vegas and worked in the as a, the characters in Kenny Kerr's show. Do you remember and, any of those characters, those people? The the names? Yes. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I'm sure I might be able to help uh, you nobody, if you tell nobody, me the first nobody's names. Become, nobody's become, become a, you know, a huge, huge star, but they, they're a star in their own rights and in their own area and, uh, and yeah they are oh, of course yeah, I mean, in, our, in our in our industry you know we, we a lot of people achieve a lot of fame and and uh, and status and uh, yeah they not might not be famous to the world but they're definitely famous to you and i and the people we know, and we're, we know. yeah we're always always uh, doing something better or some different looks or you know, keeping fresh, keeping the show fresh. What are some of the impersonations that you do in your show today? Not yourself, but some of the uh, actors in your show that you work with and hire. Are they impersonating well, anybody? No, no. They they do up to date the new numbers. They don't, but they don't try to dress like them or act like you know. They do the, their numbers in there. They interpret them. We don't. Yeah, it always. If you are going to be someone and you call yourself that, and you're going to be a star, imitate them. You better be excellent because you won't do it. Other, you won't get anywhere with it. Just not doing it right. So it's like I don't change my voice. And I've never changed my voice in the show because I, I, I'm sure I wouldn't do it right. And you don't do it right all the time. You have to do it correctly. And because people pick up on that and they don't, they appreciate you being yourself. So in the show today, do you have dancers in the show or is it just the, just the female impersonators? Well, no, we, well, well, no, we don't have a separate, we do production numbers together. And we uh, do, you know, e easy steps. Roxy taught us. We're still doing some of the things that he taught, uh, choreographed. And there, there are some dance steps in it. And uh, of course, movement and and uh, the look. I make the costume. It's a, I make eight costumes, all the same. It's a production number now. A lot of them. We have to be careful now. We can't only have a couple people on stage. We still have that production wardrobe, and we'll still do it as soon as we can. So let's talk about pre-COVID. Then, when the show was in full full production mode, um, how many right. shows? How many shows a week did you guys do pre-COVID? We do, and we still we still do Wednesday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, two shows on Friday and two shows on, on Saturday. And now we've added, because we have to close at 10, 10 o'clock, this we were open at 2.30, so we could do a late show. We now have Catch a Rising Star, which is on Tuesday. And uh, it's a drag queens come from whatever they're doing and whatever they, we don't screen them. They're horrible. The audience still applauds them and tips them. And, and it's, it's really a learning experience for them. And it's a place they can come all the time and, and get on stage. And get some stage time, hone their craft. And we have like 15, of, 15 or so every Tuesday night. And then now we just opened drag brunches on Sunday. We're you know we're trying to get the as many much as we have, much uh, business as we can get. Tuesday, Monday, uh, pardon me, Sunday we have uh, it's called drag brunch, and you come in and have a brunch, and then the show starts at about twelve thirty and goes till two. Was Darcel's always serving food? Was it always a restaurant? Was it a bar first and a restaurant, or was it always no? No, we were uh, when you're first, beer, the taverns didn't have to have food. Beer, they so all we served was beer when I first and wine when I first took it over. Then I 
got a liquor license. I had to put a kitchen in, in the basement, and uh, and we served dinners. And, and you had to have, if you were open at breakfast time, you had to have breakfast and a lunch and dinner, you know, depending on what you, when you were open. We were only open in the evening, so we'd had dinner. And prime rib was our specialty. We did quite well with it, but nobody expected to have quality that, that we put out on the, uh, on our dinners. And so we didn't get a lot of play with it, little, not, a, not a reservations. Then we started getting reservations, and then they'd come in and have a salad. And, well, that doesn't make it. We just bought a $125 roast we just made, you know. But then, they, then the Liquor Commission changed it to snack and, and uh, a pizza or and a hamburger and, you know, nothing – not the full dinner thing. Close that dinner thing so fast you couldn't believe it. <laughs> I said, I oh, will make a hamburger. As the star and as the owner, you were pretty hands-on in the kitchen as well. Were you trying to uh, watch as much as possible so it didn't go out the door? Cause I know oh, that's- well, I made sure that what came out of there, especially my daughter-in-law worked uh, the cook for when we did dinners. And I made, yeah, we made sure we, I made sure we had quality and, it was done right and served right. Now, we have theater seating now, and th- th- we had theater seating then, but we'd have to change the room around really quick, plywood on the tables so that they were big enough for a dinner party. And so that saved, saved us a lot there when they changed it to just uh, hamburgers and pieces and things, that sort of thing, frozen stuff. You don't have to make up a lot of food ahead of time. If you sell it, you sell it. If you don't, it's still in the freezer. How many people can you sit at Darcel's? So you do, well, the, we, we, you do theater seating now, so you can get a lot more in there versus people that are dining. Yeah, now it's under 140 in, in uh, theater seating, little cocktail table every now and then. And uh, but now we're down to 54. 54 because people. of the. Uh, and do you have? Do they just serve themselves as far as drinks, or do they go to the bar? Do you guys have cocktail servers? Oh no, no, we have waiters. Oh no, we've never, we've never, we have a, a service bar. We don't have a sit-down bar, and we're not open during the day. We don't have a sit-down bar. And my son is a is a manager, so he's bartender. So uh, the interesting thing that I loved, come, one of the reasons why I started the podcast, and when I came to see Darcel's show at her establishment, was the the two walls on the left and right of the stage are covered with everyone that's ever worked in the show. And yes. it's such I'm- so remarkable to see all that history that has existed in your establishment. Every single person that's worked on that stage is spotlighted on those walls. That's right. And that came in and visited. And Maxine Andrews, his pictures there. Sharon McKnight, fabulous, fabulous uh, entertainer. Then they all all give me a picture. And uh, I have them on the wall. It's the whole history of the club, yes, it is. And all the the newspaper uh, articles, the magazines, I want, when I was there, I wanted just to spend time. You know, I didn't get get to spend a lot of time. I just wanted to look at every picture and see the person it was and know that that, that they were once there. You know, it was such, so much to see. You know, it was really yeah. overwhelming. Yeah. So much history that you've created right there in that room. It was really overwhelming. Because usually you walk I, in, you might see, you know, a dozen people. But, I mean, it literally was floor to ceiling of people. And it was really yeah. amazing. Yeah. So, I, I, I don't have any more room now. You have to move to uh, move to the outside or to the dressing rooms or somewhere. <laughs> or put them, put them over the windows or something. When you see these performers now on television, is that something that surprises you when you see them, or do you, do you, uh, do you think no? This I'm is- thankful because because it, you know it made it mainstream. 
and and know that that I critique them. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, the, the how they evolve and evolve into one one's got glamour, old school glamour, and there's one you know the on the street street drag and on and on. You know that I love that. You... I, I don't allow it. My so are we all old old uh, uh, glamour. When you started Darcells, what has changed the most? Was there any threats? Like when you started doing the drag and the drag shows, did you guys uh, run into any complications with the local government or any local neighborhoods that oh, just didn't want you guys doing stuff like that there? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. No, never. We also didn't, right at first, we didn't go out and, and flaunt it on the street, you know, and, but because nobody, nobody, nobody did that then. You paid attention to your own place and that was it. That never created any tension with the opposing party when you're, or did you do both parties? You didn't show any favoritism. You threw a party for both of them, for the people that oh. ran for election. You, you threw parties for oh, both oh. of them or did you choose well, one over the other? No, because the city, city governments and state governments, they, there isn't a Republican or Democrat. They are, they don't run under the two parties. Say. I'm always worried about even getting involved because there's always as soon as you throw a party for one, then the other the other other, you know, person running and their their followers are upset with you. <laughs> oh, I do not get involved on stage with uh with politics or religion. <laughs> No, you're smart. You've been around, you've been around a long Never. time. You, you know that. Never. You know, you, you know you don't do that. Touch that. Yeah. <laughs> just don't do it because your audience, one way or another. So tell me if you don't mind. Tell me. I know Roxy and you were together for a very long time. He was a big part of, of your of of Darcel. So tell me how you guys met and how that came to be. Oh, I met him at a, a bar called Dolan Penny, and he was working at the Hoyt Hotel. Uh, it was up to well, maybe ten blocks from us. How old were you, were you when you met him? How old were you? Probably 30. <laughs> long ago. Yeah, probably about 30. And I met him, and I, I went in the bar, and he was sitting at the bar. And he was sitting not, not facing the bartender, but facing the audience. And so I went up, put my hand on his knee, and said, Hi, how are you? I'm, I'm Walter Cole. And I have a bar down the street on 3rd and Davis. And he said he was Roxy Newhart, and he was a dancer at the Hoyt Hotel. So I said, well, I'll, when are your shows? He said, every night at 8 o'clock. I went to his show, and afterwards we had coffee, and then I drove him home. The next night I went, we still had coffee, and we went home. A little bit unusual in our society. <laughs> <laughs> If you know what I mean, <laughs> because I I just had a feeling that he that I would be with him a long time, and and it worked out just fine. And he was a dancer, choreographer. Was he? When did he? Right. When did he, he start he doing danced, drag? When he came to us, he'd done it to play uh, like a Halloween or something, but he'd never done it as you know six days a week. The the bar the, the Hoyt Hotel closed, and he came to work for me us. And he was a bartender. He was a waiter. Uh, he was on the floor for a waiter, and all we had was beer and wine, and he couldn't keep it straight. So. <laughs> He wasn't a very good waiter, so I fired him as waiter, and, he, and so then he joined us on stage. And how long did he and perform yeah. for? Because I think when I was there, he was—he's already—he had already retired, I believe. Well, maybe when when were you? He had a heart attack and and had to, did I retire. was there in two thousand nine. Yeah, no, two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. No, he was still dancing then. I think Roxy is—that's his real name, and he just kept it for drag name. 
and then he had a heart attack and couldn't work anymore. So oh, you know, he's I still do, choreographed. I know I met him because he was bald, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, then he wasn't working that night. <laughs> <laughs> so after, how long did he perform and drag then for up until he had the health issues? Yes. Oh, yeah. He he was right in there, roller skated in drag. <laughs> and he started that when we had the four by eight banquet table. And he never fell off. And you said he used, so his real name was Roxy as a boy. What was his last name? And he just kept that as his drag name too. Yeah, he got, no, his last name was Newhart. Uh, he kept, just used, you know, Draxy, uh, Roxy as his drag name. Why not? We all knew him as Rock, but his dress on, he changed it back to his real name, Roxy. We bought a house together and my house is uh, got in the National regist Registry. And that's what reminded me. I saw that story, the article, and I said, you know, I got to, I got to talk to Darcel on my podcast. So I saw that. Tell me about this house. It's over, over a hundred years old, right? It's got and uh, yeah, eighteen ninety six Victorian house. How long have you lived in it? You own the house. I've owned it for seventy six. And does this particular yeah. house has as much history as your club, obviously? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. In fact, the photographer was in here about six months ago and just opened an exhibit at one of the Heritage uh, Museum at the interior. How Darcel lives or something like that. <laughs> 18 rooms and, and I live in the kitchen, bedroom and the toilet. <laughs> what is it uh, now that now that is 90 years old what is it that you'd like darcel's show place um do you see it continuing you know if you ever move on do you see darcel's continuing is there a plan for darcel's you, mean, in the future? I you can say that it's all right i know nobody lives forever and uh i've done a good job as far as i've gotten already and 90 is pretty pretty precious time and i'm still able to walk and talk and uh It'll go on, surely, because we have, I have people there right now, I mean, that have been with me for a long time. They emceed for me now while I was ill. They kept the show going just as, just as like I was there. That's amazing. So it'll, it'll, it'll go on. I, I, I hope it does because it's, well, uh, it's a place for people. Absolutely, and and it's one of the one of the oldest uh, and and you know one of the oldest ones around, and it should go on. You know, that's the, the biggest yeah uh, the biggest tears you know comes from some of these places that have closed when there is a death. You know, so I admire you to yeah. make sure that yeah. our sales continues because you know it's a place for everybody and a place for people to perform and and everybody people, knows this. Yeah, a lot of a lot of hearts will be broken. You know, when you move on, but a lot of a lot more hearts will be broken if that place ever closes. So you know, I mean, just Oh, that's nice. Thank you. Yeah. And you, uh, well, I for the first time in almost two months, I was on the stage that last Friday, and they, they cheered and did everything nice. So yeah, no, it's, a, it's good important work. for it's a, it's important for you know your legend and and what you started to continue for you know forever. I would like to like to think because oh. it's, a, it's a it's an era and an industry that has just completely gone up and down through our lifetimes. You know, sometimes it's very popular and then it gets shut down, then it comes back and it gets shut down. So I mean, I you know something like uh, it, your place needs to stay going for a very 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 long time. It, it's only going to get bigger the way the public accepts it now. You know, it's it's, gonna, it's so in fact. It was it was kind of more fun when it was a mystique. Now it's everybody <laughs> when it was more secret. Now all the bachelorettes are there every every weekend. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> Birthdays, bachelorettes, uh, just people from all over the world stop by. 
Have you, really what's nice. some of the most memorable audience members have you had? Have you attracted any type of celebrities or actors or 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 people from other countries that are well known? You know, head of countries well, that come I, to see you. I would. I really wouldn't know unless they, unless they come to me. But I I knew I do know that Broadway travels. You know, you know that uh, the major uh, musicals open at the Keller Auditorium. We invite the cast after, and they come in. It, yeah, it's it's fun to have them there. The 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 Broadway show. The touring companies that come through through Portland, they come to see you guys afterwards. And yeah, yeah, was your yeah. I was going to just going to ask you, Darcel, what? How would you like to be remembered? Is it Darcel fifteen or Darcel's the show play? Well, they're sort of the same. It's like Walter and Darcel were far apart before. You know, when we first started, it was like completely different. Now we're one person, <laughs> mostly Darcel. And I just tell him my my book is. Uh, uh, just call me Darcel because it, they, our people would ask when I was out of drag, they would ask Roxy, what do I call her? What do I call her? <laughs> and I said, just call me Darcel. If it took a lot of money, a lot of, a lot of money, a lot of time and balls to be Darcel all these years. <laughs> and so do you have a book available now or are you in process of writing it? Yeah, I have, I have, I have three books. Okay. T- have go ahead and tell me these books and how, how we can get them. Uh, you could get them uh, on uh, online, Amazon, uh, or you can uh, call a club and we'll mail you one. We have a, a coffee table book. Uh, what is that? What is the coffee table book called? Uh, it's uh, Shades of Darcel. It's costumes and different looks over the 50 years. And then we have uh, the first book was Just Call Me Darcel. And uh, the, the other book that came, let's see, about, I think, two a year now, two years. Is through through a mirror. Are the second two books about your life, or is it just just call me Darcel yeah. about your yeah. life? Okay. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. I had read somewhere possibly about some sort of stage show or musical or some sort of story. Oh yes, a musical was written uh, about my life, and we played for three weeks to sold out houses here in Portland. The producer of it, uh, the show has found a, a, a theater in New York off Broadway, of course, and he has it temporary you know oh, going to be held for him but if and when everything opens then it, it will take the, the show will go there great reviews just call me darcel is the name of it and the name darcel tell me before before we wrap up tell me how the name darcel how'd that come to be well i was when i first when we first started they, i was called madam demas or uh or just name sally whatever what afternoon we're sitting in the bar tina sandell and roxy and i and and having a few, doubting a few beers. And they said, well, you know, if you keep this up, if we're going to keep this up, you have to have a name, something that, you know, and, and Roxy said, well, you know, you're not out, uh, you're not Mary the next door. You're not the next door housewife. You know, you're too, too much makeup, too many, many jewels and too much hair to be a, a Alice next door. He thought, he said, well, I worked with a, a, a 50s star. He worked with her in Vegas. She was a Hollywood star. And uh, her name was Denise Starcell. That sounds good to me. And he, we added a, another L to it and an E on the end. What do you enjoy the most about being on stage in front of an audience? Oh, the audience. The reaction. Every night the audience is different. And, and, and I just, I'm in love with the audience. Even if they get a little testy or want to be smart ass, I've got the microphone. 
I can handle it. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, the, the, you can't. You can't. Uh, you can't. That's why I tell all the people I direct. Can't you can't learn the stage time? People like you and Gypsy, you, you, no one can shut you down. Mike or no Mike, you after all those years on stage, no one can take you guys. So you'll you'll put no, them no, you can no. put them in their place I- I- immediately, easily <laughs> with a look sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you ever get if people listening ever get to uh, Portland, Oregon, be sure to look up Darcel Showplace in Portland, <laughs> Oregon. Darcel, it's an yes. extreme honor to talk to you. You're a legend in this business, and I hope Thank that you. I hope you're around for decades more. You've you've paved the way for many many people and entertained hundreds of thousands, if not millions. And, and Thank you. Should, you. you should That's be. Nice. Uh, Thank you very much. It's, it's an honor to talk to you. And uh, I'm Thank glad I had you. a chance to meet you and see what you created up in Portland and definitely an aspiration. I don't know how you do it because I it's hard enough for me to run Oscars and I couldn't even imagine being a female impersonator and owning the place. I can hardly run the place just by being a boy. So maybe that's what I'm missing. <laughs> I have to be a female. I have to be a girl in order to run the place. I don't know. Well, I'm right up at that stage. I could watch everybody, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have a chance. <laughs> so tell me tell the listeners how they can find you on social media on facebook Dar- you can uh, email me at darcel at gmail.com and they can find you on facebook as well and instagram or just uh, facebook right. and facebook it's darcel 15 show place and i have one for la femme magnifique a contest we do and i have one walter cole well, Darcel, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. And uh, I wish you, you much Thank more success and many, more, many, many more years with us on oh, At least. At <laughs> least. Yes. Thank, Thank you, you very much. It's my you. pleasure. Uh-huh. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And remember, you all, my restaurant and entertainment venue, Oscars in downtown Palm Springs, where entertainment is on hold currently per COVID restrictions. But we are serving some great food most weekends, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. For a lovely meal and a lovely atmosphere, check out my restaurant, Oscars in downtown Palm Springs. We'll see you all there. Thank you for listening to Icon's Incredible Creation on Stage podcast hosted by Dan Gore. If you would like to know more about our wonderful host, follow Dan Gore at facebook.com slash lookalikes and at Oscars Downtown Palm Springs. If you enjoyed what you heard, hit subscribe and leave us a review. A new podcast every other week. Until then, have an iconic day.